Lord, we've just sung the words, fill me with your love and power. Let thy blessings fall on me. All to Jesus I surrender. Now I feel the sacred flame. Oh, the joy of full salvation. Glory, glory to your name. Lord, we sing our prayers and we pray our prayers in full assurance that those of us who call on you as Savior and Lord are saved and have that confidence before your throne. And Lord, we pray that you would use us to help um, share that joy and hope with the world around us. And so we pray for your anointing on this message now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, we are coming to the conclusion today of our sermon series on Haggai. And um, one way that we could just reflect on what we've learned about is looking at four P's to um, identify themes that uh, each of the messages from the um, prophet brought to God's people. And so the first one was we looked at Haggai 1 and priorities. And so the Lord said, um, hey, you're building your own houses, but you're not building my house. And so um, pursue God's presence, prioritize God's pleasure, prioritize God's honor. He said, build my house. And then um, a little bit later on in the end of Haggai 1 and Haggai 2, there was a message on presence. And so the Lord, um, remarkably, even though the temple was not yet um, reconstructed, he said, I am with you. And you'll remember that he stirred the people to work together and he gave the very strong and clear call, be strong and work. And you might remember Pastor Dave getting in our faces, so to speak, and saying, be strong and work. And then um, the next message that the prophet brought was on um, purity. And so recognizing that defilement spreads and Pastor Jaleesa said like a um, moldy orange in a bag of oranges that defilement will spread to all the rest and very easily and um, you don't have to give much thought to defilement but consecration is setting apart and um, submitting every area of our life to the Lord and certainly the idea of defilement and consecration and um Contamination and cleaning is on the forefront of everyone's minds these days um, as we are in this very peculiar situation with this coronavirus. And so um, not thinking in the physical, but thinking in our spiritual lives, how quickly defilement can happen and this call to consecration. And then finally, we're looking today at God's promise. In Haggai 2, starting with verse 20. And so I'll, um, I've titled this message, I Have Chosen You. And so hear these words from Haggai 2, starting with verse 20. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. Tell Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, that I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. 
I will overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. Horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is the word of the Lord. And so, if you'll recall this context um, of the book of Haggai, it's um, God's people that have returned from exile. They're no longer under their own political rule. They're in a very difficult context, and um, we'll learn more about that as a little bit later this spring we pick up looking at a sermon series from Ezra and Nehemiah. Remember, we mentioned that Haggai comes to speak to people, and um, that story is told more fully in the in those books of Ezra and Nehemiah. But they not only had been in exile and come back as a remnant of people, but then they were facing a lot of opposition and difficulty as they started to proceed with um, building the, putting the foundation in place for God's temple and as they were rebuilding their own homes. And so similarly, um, and not all that different, we find ourselves as Christians in a um, postmodern culture. And um, it is difficult. And churches in a North American context in particular have um, had great difficulty in gaining traction and serving the Lord and um, building his house, so to speak, not in physical buildings, but bringing in the lost into God's kingdom when we face um, more hostility um, and targeted hostility against the Christian faith. We also see um, cultural changes like the transiency of our, um, even our neighborhood on the west side and how that um, where people had been a little bit more stable um, with lower rentals, there was some stability with um, our neighbors it's it's changed quite a bit, and um, so we've always had some transiency, but even more so, and then with a larger student population around the school or around the church with the um, college, Grand Valley's campus, um, and so many more being made into rental houses, and um, and then I think that we just see kind of a cultural change towards less commitment. Um, people are much more reluctant to make a commitment to church membership or to even what their own beliefs are to state those. And um, and we see even difficulty in gaining traction within the church um, because we're so much more or have been so much more of a mobile society that there's just um, a lot of absenteeism. And so on any given Sunday, we're not speaking to the same group of people. And so there's just a lot of things in our context that um, seem like they've made it difficult at times to um, continue to work and um, to not just get distracted 
with our own lives and um, maybe not prioritize the um, kingdom work that the Lord's called us to. And so in the context of our um, scripture passage today, the message from the Lord is one that he goes and says, I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. And I'm going to overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of foreign kingdoms. And um, I'm going to overthrow chariots and their drivers. And you'll remember that Pastor Dave reminded us that um, actually when the scripture talks about shaking, that often it's a reference to a theophany, uh, an appearance of the Lord. The Lord's going to come. And so um, initial readings of these would think, oh, well, that initial fulfillment came with Christ's return or Christ coming, the Messiah coming and um, the incarnation of Christ. But he reminded us that scripture passages further on, like in Hebrews 12, talks about the earth and the heavens will be shaken. Uh, the sun and moon will be dark. The heavenly bodies will be shaken and the footnotes reference Haggai 2.6, and that's after Christ's initial coming, and it's looking forward to his return, his second coming. And uh, Luke 21 talks about the signs in the skies and nations in terror and um, the sea being shaken and that redemption is drawing near. And then we see parallels in Revelation 20 and Isaiah 24 with these same themes, um, predicting the coming of God. And so there's been an initial fulfillment with Christ's coming, but we know that in um, where we sit in time, we're in the last days. The early church saw themselves in the last days looking for Christ's return. And we join them in the last days, and we're looking for Christ's return. And so... This message of um, watching for a shaking going on that's going to dislodge and overturn kingdoms of this earth and powers on this earth, um, we are looking for that to happen. And um, even as it's an encouragement to the people of Judah to hear this, it's an encouragement to us today to hear that Christ will overturn all things as he comes back to bring his kingdom in in its fullness. He is going to set things right. And anything that has opposed his kingdom or kept his people in bondage um, or enslaved in some way, he's going to shake that loose as he um, gathers us and restores his kingdom. And so... Even as I've thought about how the effects of this coronavirus, might it be that the Lord is using this to identify idols and even to help us break free or be loosed from things? And I I just look at the effects of the um, virus on our um, current situation where amusement, has like the and I'm not saying that all amusement is wrong but amusement means really to not muse to not think and how many 
even as Christians, do we go towards some sort of activity that would just make us not think? Um, so Disney clothes, sports, um, the NBA's clothes, March Madness is called off, the spring sports season is closed off, closed down, um, entertainment, any gathering over 250 people, all of a sudden concerts are closed down. Have we had a financial um idol in our lives or in this nation where we watch the stock market um, do a what some commentators said the other day a free fall um, does that create shaking in our own hearts um, are we feeling panicky or fearful or begrudging of these changes that are happening might it be that the Lord might even identify oh this hasn't been part of my best plan for you. Um, I want to bring release um, and bring you out of these things. Um, uh, Certainly, I'm not saying take your money out of the stock market or I'm not saying you need to step away from all sports. But what I am saying is, might it be that the Lord might even use the effects of what's going on right now to show us things that maybe we've... um, in some ways, been building our own houses and occupying ourselves with other things other than prioritizing God's um, house, his kingdom, his presence. It's, It's something I think that we need to take seriously. The Lord is preparing us for Christ's ultimate return, whenever that is. And I feel like the Lord would say to us today, do not let the coronavirus scare us. Let's trust in the Lord that he has good purposes in this. And I want to turn to the Heidelberg Catechism, and it's a teaching tool, and Lord's Day um, 10, question and answer 27 and 28. I want to reference those and talk about the question is, what do you understand by the providence of God? And the answer is, providence is the almighty and ever-present power of God by which he upholds as with his hand heaven and the earth and all creatures and so rules them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty, all things, in fact, come to us not by chance, but from his fatherly hand. And then the next question, 28, asks, How does the knowledge of God's creation and providence help us? And the answer is, We can be patient when things go against us, thankful when things go well, and for the future we can have good confidence in our faithful God and Father that nothing will separate us from his love. All creatures are so completely in his hand that without his will they can neither move nor be moved. What a comfort it is. To know that God is on securely on his throne and that his children, that um, even if he allows the shaking on the earth, 
He says, on that day, and he says this to Zerubbabel, on that day, I will take you and I will make you like my signet ring for I have chosen you. And so God's love drives out fear and Haggai brings this promise that you are chosen. And friends, the Lord looks at you today if you know Jesus, if you're in his covenant family. And he looks at you with eyes of tenderness and he says, you are chosen. And so we have that hope and we have that hope to offer other people. He mentions this interesting comment about, um, I will make you like my signet ring. And the signet ring was a ring that the king or someone in authority would wear and um, They would use it, they would give it to someone else that they delegated in authority to speak for them or to sign their signature for the king. And so it's the ability to make a kingdom impression and to execute the king's authority. I think about a signet ring and I think about modeling clay and how that if you push something in, it makes an impression in the clay. Friends, the Lord has chosen us to be his kingdom ambassadors on earth. Every Christian, he gives us his authority and he's put us specifically into positions to bring kingdom impact. And as I noticed that God's people are chosen, they know that they've been chosen, but he says, To this particular governor, he says, for I have chosen you. And I believe that through that message that he would say to each of us, I have chosen you. And when you align yourself with my kingdom purposes, you influence and bring the kingdom impression. You bring the hope of the kingdom to all those that are in your sphere of influence. I want to mention a couple of ways that I've seen that. Um, People using their position, whether they know it or not, um, I believe it's a conscious choice for believers to align themselves. And sometimes I believe the Lord uses like um, Cyrus in the Old Testament to bring about God's purposes by using his position. And um, so no matter what your political persuasions are, um, we need to be aware that President Trump has used his political position to call for a national day of prayer on Sunday. And so on probably the day that you're listening to this message is a national day of prayer. And so the president has used his position and authority, I believe, to make a kingdom of God impression on this world at this time. And we can choose to align ourselves and participate in this national day of prayer. And so there's going to be some resources available and you'll get information about that probably by an email um, for our church to be able to step into this national day of prayer and there's never been I mean there's always every day is a good day 
to make it a day of prayer. Um, but certainly we can join in in praying. I was watching television and Pat Williams, who's the co-founder of Orlando Magic, the sports team was being interviewed. And it was about the cancellation of some games. But he used that position and kingdom authority. And I heard him on national television say twice in the interview, he said this, the Lord is in charge. And then at the end of his interview, he exhorted people, stay close to the Lord. I was on Facebook reading about Calvin University, and the chaplain pointed out that one of the college students had created a 24-7 prayer schedule for this week and inviting the students into taking slots of prayer. And so that's taking and realizing that you've been chosen as a kingdom agent in this world for this time And how will you align yourself to bring my kingdom purposes by using your position and authority? I read Scott Jaspers made a public note on Facebook. And so, Scott, um, as you hear this, surprise. Um, But I want to say you are using your sphere of authority and your position to be able to post a really encouraging note that talked about when his family um, took this year-long trip, how that they started to grieve because they were lonely um, and they had left all, you know, they weren't available to socialize like they would normally do and how that there's a grieving that goes on and how that we're likely with this self-distancing and um, with the virus and um, people being in quarantine and um making choices to be separate, how that there's a grieving process. And yet he used it to say, we learned some new family rhythms. We had vulnerable conversations that we wouldn't have other had, otherwise had. And I believe that um, the Lord might use this opportunity, even as we're spending more time alone or at home, um, to really bring Um, about his purposes. And so it was using a position to um, influence others. Someone else um, wrote me, and I won't name that person, but they said, I really feel like that after last week's message on consecration and on pursuing God's presence in this series, I'm feeling led um, to fast and pray for more of a prolonged period of time. And so... um, Friends, we could wonder and and maybe even be frustrated as we are in this sermon series on uh, building and our vision as a church and um, a call to be strong and build and then to think, oh, now in the best light of um, what is the most loving thing to do and God's guidance to close our facility for gatherings for the next couple of weeks, you know, we could be frustrated and think, well, this wasn't the way I was envisioning it at all. But um, we have to ask ourselves if perhaps the Lord is allowing this virus and this situation 
to prepare us even better for um, how to build. And um, he's giving us this opportunity to give careful consideration to our ways. And so, as we've mentioned before, the four pillar areas of Gold Avenue Church that we're seeking to develop, the Lord helping us, is um, in worship, prayer, care, and equipping. And so our worship is not stopping because we are not meeting in corporate worship for a couple of Sundays. God calls us to live lives of worship, and we are worshipers um, wherever we are. We have the opportunity to live our lives as worship. And um, sometimes it's in solitude where um, I think about Matt Redman. At one point, he wrote a book about um, that song, When All is Stripped Away and I Come. Um, You know, it's all about you. It's all about you. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. And so um, how are we going to, perhaps the Lord's going to help grow our insight about how that all of life really is about the Lord, and we grow as worshipers through this experience. Um, We want to grow as a house of prayer. And certainly this National Day of Prayer today gives us an opportunity for that. Additionally, We want to develop and we believe the Lord is going to stimulate ideas about how do we pray even more faithfully for one another and how do we pray for our neighborhood during this time when um, there just seems to be a tidal wave of fear and anxiety coming over people. How is the Lord going to stir us up in intercession to pray, to pray for um, the needs of our people to pray for the safety of our children that are not going to be in schools, um, that they'd have protection, that they'd have supervision, that they'd have adequate nutrition, since so many of them rely on school um, meals and so forth. So there's so much that we can pray about. And also, how is the Lord going to mobilize us to care for one another? Um, We've talked about we are really good at loving each other when we gather on Sunday mornings. But how are we with loving each other through the week? And so I pray and trust that the Lord is going to stir and mobilize us to um, think about how we can even better care for one another. And then as far as equipping, we do want to grow in equipping. And I pray that the Lord would even be putting calls on um, our hearts about how do we um, equip ourselves and how do we equip others How does the Gold Rush Ministry um, connect with their students during this time of the facility being closed? Might the Lord be doing something that's so far beyond what we could um, ask or imagine as far as preparing us and helping us to get the good news out of Jesus Christ? Um, Friends, Haggai leaves off this book. It it stops and... um, where it stops, the building isn't completed, and God's story isn't completed. And in the same way, the work is not finished for us either. It, we are in process, and um, in the coming weeks, we're going to be looking at a couple of messages about kingdom justice, and then um, after Easter, starting to look at a more in-depth study of Ezra and Nehemiah. But... Um, 
Christ is returning. We don't know when that is, but we do know this, that we've been chosen, that um, he's given us authority and positions even today where we are. And um, it's our joy to be able to respond to our king and use our sphere of influence to um, impact our families and the world um, for Christ. And so that's our prayer. And so would you pray with me, Lord, would you please help us to be faithful during this time, to be full of faith that you do watch over us, that you protect us, that you strengthen us, that you take us through even difficult times um, and you deliver us. Lord, you are the deliverer. You're the deliverer from evil. You've delivered us from our sins. And we pray that we can take that good news of Jesus and that you'll give us opportunities to share in very creative ways um, your love to the world around us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.